All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of the No Mouthpiece Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Lewis, along here with Roland. Say hi, Roland. Hello. How are you feeling today, brother? I'm feeling great. I'm ready. All right, sounds good. I am extremely tired, so I have no idea how long this is going to last, but we'll go as long as we can. That's what she said. So, okay, already starting out with that. I know, right? The, the oldest <laughs> joke in the fucking world, right? <laughs> has been off TV for like 15 years, and I'm, I'm still telling that fucking joke. But you know what? Still makes me laugh, so that's all I give a shit about. Anyway, so we're going to start off with a really, really high note and then end it with a somber note that hopefully will end with a high note. Follow with me, brother. So this weekend, super blast. Happy Valentine's Day or belated Valentine's Day to all the lovebirds out there. Had a fantastic time with my fiance yesterday. Went into a little private bubble. We ate dinner, had some champagne. We were there for about three hours. Then we went to a bar afterwards, took some shots. It was just a nice, relaxing time. Glad to see that New York City has opened up indoor dining. So we get some semblance of normalcy back. It was definitely awesome. Uh, we went axe throwing on Friday. No. Yeah, right? Am I, am I yeah, Friday. Yeah, Friday, yeah, Friday. Friday. Sorry, guys. I do a lot of drugs. So we went... Um, <laughs> We went axe throwing on better Friday. be the hard ones. <laughs> yeah, we went again. That's what she said. So okay. we went axe throwing on Friday. We uh, did football bowling, which is a lot more fun than it sounds. Um, we did archery. Uh, it was just a blast. It was a nice family time. Then Saturday we went to buy some airsoft guns, which are basically BB guns with CO two canisters and chargers and all kinds of stuff. I took my son there. Uh, my brother was there with us. Uh, it's a really, really awesome weekend. Um, I don't know about what you think, bro, about this weekend, but it was really a good time. Yeah, it was a blast. I, I had a lot of fun, uh, a lot of surprises, and it's a lot of good times. Yeah, it was uh, celebrating basically your birthday again, because uh, I love <laughs> you, and uh, my son's birthday, and then my sister-in-law's birthday, who is 12 years old. So, you know, it was kind of like a fun family thing we were doing, and it was a really, really good time. So definitely an awesome weekend. Uh, but the somber note is, you know, heading into the weekend, you know, we got some news for our dad. He will be having heart surgery tomorrow. Uh, I don't know if it's the minor or the major kind, but thankfully it doesn't seem like they're going to open him up or anything as of right now. Mm. Um, he is, uh, you know, some veins in there got to get, uh, aired out, I guess you can yeah. say. So yeah. I want to say, you know, uh, to our dad, Rolando, we love you. Uh, we will, you know, be thinking of you the entire time and we'll definitely be there as soon as we're able to. And, you know, just if everybody can send some best wishes and, you know, some love out there and some support out there for him, cause he's an awesome man. And, you know, we're, we're a little sad he's going through it, but the good news is he's one of the toughest people I've ever met in my entire life. So I'm pretty sure he will beat the shit out of his heart and keep it moving. So. Hopefully, hopefully, don't beat the shit out of your heart. Take care of it, and then <laughs> well, you know, you know, he's got to teach you a lesson to act right. No, nah, I think that I think the heart taught, taught him a lesson to change his uh his ways a little bit. But you know, I think I think he'll do it. Huh? The heart slapped him around a little bit. Called him a yeah, bitch. You know, sometimes you got to let it happen, though. You know, sometimes you need that that uh kick in the ass. You know. Yeah. Nah, I feel you. But yeah, so all the love to him. And, um, you know, we'll definitely update everyone next week. But uh, 
Just wanted to put that out there because we are the No Mouth Beast podcast. We keep things real. You're going to know what's going on in our lives, whether it's good or bad. And it's an interesting dichotomy this weekend to have such a great time and then kind of have this book end it. But again, it, it, it'll probably be come out to a, a happy times when he comes out of surgery and he comes out all good. So, but uh, so with this weekend, me and my brother, we watched the Kamara Usman fight versus uh, who was he fighting? He's fighting Gilbert Burns. Um, yes, uh, Gilbert Burns. And um, awesome fight, by the way. Uh, way better than I thought it was going to be. Um, Burns, I think, honestly, shouldn't be too mad at himself. You know, he lost, and he started crying after after the loss. And I understand, you know, all the work that he put into it. Uh, seven years waiting for an opportunity to fight for the title, and it didn't go his way. Got knocked basically out in the third round. But um, the first round, he, he was really, really good. And, and I think what happens is, you know, that – that first big championship fight is tough. And especially when you're fighting somebody like Kamar Usman, who is a beast. He is a legitimate yep. man beast. And strike now uh, with his new coach, uh, Whitman. You know, he's, he's a, a all-American wrestler, uh, high-level wrestler. Uh, cardio is peak conditioning, right? He, he doesn't get yep. tired. You know, it's just he, he's a very difficult person to fight for your first title shot if you've never done it before, if you've never been there on the big stage and, you know, sometimes you can get that big adrenaline dump, and that's what seems to have happened in the first round. Yeah, and also it's also like the mindset that a, a champion has, <laughs> like to be at that level and to be that high level, that mindset of just I don't give a shit about what happened in the first round. I don't care if I got stunned. I don't care if what, what you threw at me. I'm still moving forward, and I'm going to hit you with this jab, and I'm going to hurt you with this jab. And as soon as I find something that, that works against you, I'm going to stick with it, and I'm going to beat the crap out of you. That's the kind of mindset that the champions have. They even when they get hurt, they're they're still looking for an opening or, or something, a weakness that they can use against them. Sometimes when people get hurt, they panic and they they forget about you know thinking about their weaknesses and what they could take advantage of. And props to Usman for for focusing and, and staying composed after he got stunned, and and finishing out the fight. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, and then, you know, and and it's funny that you say that because. The dichotomy of their faces mm-hmm. when they both got hurt was different. You can see Usman definitely was hurt in that first round. Yeah. But he he was just, you know, trying to you can see it in his eyes, trying to gather himself. And then mm-hmm. once he did, he was like, Cool, I took his plus punch. I'm okay, let's go. Where in the second round, when Burns was hurt, the look on his face was like, Oh shit. <laughs> he was like, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> he uh it, it, you know, it, it hit him in a different way than it hit Usman. Mm-hmm. And so, like you said, that championship mentality of, cool, I'm hurt. Let's get through this. Let's kind of, you know, push through and do what we can versus the, oh, man, like, oh, I might lose. You know, it's yeah. just, and then, and then the panic shoot for a takedown. That's the that's the, the real sign of somebody, you know, almost not like giving up the fight, but almost abandoning the, what, what they were being successful at. And they're just like, oh, I'm panicking <laughs> and I don't know what to do and I'm hurt. So I'm just gonna shoot for a takedown on a on a wrestler. It's kind of you know, yeah. That that kind of yeah, that kind of shows. It happens a lot. Yeah. Uh, I know. I know why you're in a good mood. I just got the notification. Randall drops 44 on the hall. Yeah, baby. Wow. Yeah, baby. Four points. Seven out of 13 three pointers. Get wow. this man in the All Star game. That's crazy. What's the Knicks record right now? They're 14 and 15. They're sixth in the in the East. Really? Yep. Right behind the ball. Wow. That's kind of crazy. Shout out to them. I told you. I man. you know, I really wish I could root for them. God damn, do I hate James Dolan though. <laughs> I I hate 
fat man, like he killed my dog right in front of me. Like, <laughs> like I I can't stand him, but you know, it's good to see the Knicks doing well. Yeah, Hopefully I, he can just continue to stay out the limelight and shut the hell up. I think it's the, the basketball people. Are. I think it's the people that are running the Knicks now. They're not letting them fucking chime in. They're like, yeah, 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 we got it, dude. Stay over there. We got it. Yeah, but you know how that goes. They were they were doing well before, and then they traded the whole entire farm for Carmelo Anthony. And then you know, yeah, they had like one or two good years, and it was over because they had nothing to go on besides you know aging players after that. So yeah, like but, you know, they you they learn from experience. They're doing well, and they have momentum. And then he comes in and goes, "Oh, I want to trade it for somebody who's a hundred years old." Like. <laughs> Yeah. Well, the, when they traded for Ant Carmelo, they traded him for when he was still young. I mean, he was consider, he was in conversation of of being in the Miami Big Three with LeBron and, and D Wade instead of Bosh. So, like that was that was prime Melo. That was like the perfect time to get him. It's just when they got him and Studmeyer, and then they just I don't know what they they didn't put the pieces around them. It was, it was weird. They got them and they said, "All right, they're gonna win us a championship. All right, go go ahead, do your thing." It's like no. You gotta help them. They got you gotta give them good role players that fit with the team. Like you're getting Raymond Felton to work with Carmelo Anthony. Like what? Your starting point guard is like over like 220 pounds. Like what what is this? Like, come on. Raymond Felton's not a starting point guard in the league. He he had a couple good years, but you know, they didn't put good pieces around Carmelo and, and Stoudemire. I think they could have been a lot better. What Tyson Chandler would have been a lot better. I mean, I don't disagree with that, but I think my point is, before I got cut off, my point is <laughs> that they, it was, a, I, I, I agree, you get a Carmelo Anthony in their prime, right, one of the best scorers in the history of the league, I hear you, mm-hmm. but they traded literally oh, their entire team away to do that, and I think that's the problem, especially in a moment where if they waited another year, you put pressure on Carmelo that if you really want to come to New York, you, you sign with us, and we don't have to give away any of our pieces, and you get your money, and you get a nice good squad around you. But, you know, because Carmelo put pressure on the Knicks to bring him in and they didn't want to take the chance, they traded the entire team away. So, yeah, then you do settle for a Raymond Felton. And you do settle for, you know, for lack of a better word, some scrubs on the bench that maybe isn't providing you some depth. So if they maybe traded a little bit of those players and not the entire squad, because it was all like Gallinari was in that trade. There was a lot of people in that trade. That, you know, that could have helped them out to be uh, to last a bit longer with that team. Yeah, but then like there, there's only so like I, David Lee didn't he's not gonna turn into a superstar. Um Gallinari, not a those, a lot of those players are just role players that didn't progress into you know what maybe if they stayed together as a team, maybe who knows what would happen. <clears throat> but the, you can only go so far with, with a bunch of good role players on the team that's a solid team. You're not that's not gonna win you a championship, that's not gonna win you a, a, a lot of playoff games. Like even even some of these teams with super almost super teams don't go deep in the playoffs that much. It, it's tough. You need like superstars. You need real superstars to to win in the playoffs. So, I, I think that's why they they said, you know, screw it. We need to take him. It we can't really lose him in free agency if we just let him go as a free agent and then like you know, sign somewhere else. Like we, we take the chance right now and and see what happens. Yeah, I guess we'll agree or disagree on that. Yeah. Um, but. So going off of the Usman fight, mm-hmm. Dana White was talking about how Usman could possibly want to be one of the goats uh, if he continues on this stretch because of all the people he's beaten mm-hmm. and how dominant he's been. Mm-hmm. And so me and my brother were thinking and saying, you know what? We should do a top five goat list of MMA fighters. So here's how it's going to go. We're going to choose five fighters of all time. So that's including men and women. Mm-hmm. 
Men and women are included in this list, and it's the top five MMA fighters of all time. So let me just pull up our criteria here real quick. So there is three categories specifically that we're going to look at and when we determine our GOAT top five list. Mm -hmm. Notable victory, longevity, and impact on the sport with transcendent also being beyond the sport, right? So what yeah. I mean by that is their impact on the sport in the UFC, but also the impact that they've provided maybe outside of the UFC due to their personalities or their victories or just their overall awesomeness, right? So yeah. notable victories, longevity, and impact on the sport and inside the sport and outside the sport. So those are the three things that we're looking for when we create our top five goal list. So here's my question to you, Ron. Mm -hmm. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? My first five, uh, all, all my five. I'll go do first. Want, I don't care. Oh, do you want to do? I do the fifth one, and yeah. you do the. And fifth then we compare, one that, and then we. <clears throat> All right, cool. So, do you have before we start? Do you have any honorable mentions? Honorable mentions, um, obviously Ronda Rousey. Honorable mention. I don't have her on my top five. Uh, she's <laughs> was a pioneer for female females in the sport. Um, a big uh, inspiration to a lot of women. Uh, you know, she she had that crazy stretch. Uh, brought a lot of viewers to the ufc it was it was pretty tough but i mean for me it was an obvious choice to not have her in the top five for this other fighter that i have in there ahead of her um but yeah that that's one of my notable mentions the top of my head i can't okay no that's fine mm -hmm. uh yeah my notable mention uh same ronda rousey mm -hmm. i think uh when you talk about transcendence there you go mm -hmm. right she brought a lot of eyes to mma and it obviously uh, women's MMA. Yeah. But she brought a lot of nice MMA in general. Yeah. And I think um, she did a lot of great things for her weight class, the female uh, aspect of the sport for MMA. But there's a lot of fighters that owe a lot of thank yous to Ronda Rousey mm -hmm. because she sold pay-per-views as a female, one of the first female main eventers to actually sell pay-per-views. Um, and there's a lot of male fighters that fought on those undercards that definitely owe her a thank you. That probably wouldn't have made that money if it wasn't for her. Yeah. If you take a look at the run she had, she was beating people in 12 seconds, 15 seconds, and just with, like, judo flips and an arm bone. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so, um, and it was sick, man. She was she was a monster when she was at the top of the game. I think she doesn't get enough credit. Sure, towards the end, she got beat up a little bit, mm -hmm. right? But who doesn't? Yeah. You know, I, I don't think, we, we look at Chuck, like, somebody like Chuck Liddell, right? A fantastic fighter, beast mode. And, yeah, he's had some sad knockdowns and knockouts. And, you know, his, the end of his career hasn't gone how we all have wished. But I don't think we take away what who Chuck Liddell was and what he did yep. for the sport. And I think we've done that with Ronda. And I think that's a little unfair. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, does her personality lend her to maybe be disliked a bit? Sure. But I think discrediting what she's done in the sport is not fair to her. And I think, uh, you know, she's owed a lot of thanks from a lot of people. Yep. Uh, honorable mention. You might be uh, – ooh. Uh, Conor McGregor. Ooh. He is not in my top five. He's not in my top five. Uh, this list was very hard for me because I, I tried to remove all of my bias and take a look at the criteria. And and, and I, I looked through a lot. I looked through notable wins and all those things. And he's not in my top five only because the level of competition that he's defeated. Now, hear me out. Yes, Jose Aldo, first ballot Hall of Famer. Amazing. He did beat Chad Mendes on two weeks' notice. With a torn ACL. Now, while he had – Huh? With, with I, hear the torn ACL. I hear you. 
But that first round, Mendez dominated him a lot with his wrestling. If you get Mendez a full training camp, I don't know how that fight goes. Um, you know, uh, the, the in Madison Square Garden, the guy that he beat in MSG for the to become uh, champ champ, Eddie Alvarez. Eddie Alvarez, good to great fighter, but he's been beaten a lot, and by not great fighters, mm -hmm. right? So he beat Dustin Poirier before Poirier was what he is now. Um, he lost to Nick Diaz the very first time they fought. And then in the second fight, he beat Nate Diaz, but it wasn't a slaughter. Mm -hmm. Like, it was a pretty close fight. You look at his loss to Dustin Poirier, the domination of Khabib. I think his personality and his fighting style, which is exciting, has made him the most transcendent fighter in the history of MMA. I think, obviously, he's the biggest moneymaker. He's brought the most eyes to mixed martial arts. But when I think about GOAT, Right, I think about GOAT, like greatest fighters of all time in inside of that octagon. I don't consider him one of them. And I think that's where he got left off the list. Mm. And also longevity, because his hot streak was maybe two to three years. And then, you know, he started to falter with the DS fight and then he took away and, and got some, you know, went to boxing. And I'm not hating on it. Make your money, bro. But in terms of being a GOAT of MMA. I don't think his career has been long enough yet to dictate that. And I just think that he's got some really bad losses on this record that kind of takes him away from that conversation. I got a lot to say to that, but I'll wait till, you know. <laughs> All right. So let's start with our list. Are yep. you ready? Number five. Who's number five on your list? Amanda Nunez. Woo! Yep. Why? The, the just look at the wins that she's had. I mean, Sarah McMahon, Valentina Shashenko twice, Misha Tate, Ronda Rousey, Raquel Pennington, <clears throat> uh, Cyborg who beat her in, in 51 seconds, Holly Holm, Jermaine Durandamy, uh, Felicia Spencer was the last one, but that was pretty much no fight. Uh, I mean, she is the the best female fighter I've ever seen, and who knows, maybe we'll see one better because you know the the sport for for <clears throat> female fighting is, is pretty uh pretty young but as of right now she's the best i've ever seen uh her her inspirational uh status with with her being openly gay champion is is, is she should be a bigger name than she is right now uh she should be promoted more although i think she's getting bigger and bigger now with with her dominance but yeah she, to me right now she's the goat as far as as female fighting um there, I, there's no one better I don't really see anybody beating her uh, as of right now. So, yeah, that, that's my uh, number five on the best fighters. The Lioness, the, 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 the female champ mm -hmm. champ. I love it. I love it. I love it. I, I, I'll have a little bit more to say about Amanda a little mm -hmm. bit later. Um, my number five, John Bone Jones. What? Number five. Now, again. Now, again, I had to take my biases out of this, right? I had to. So, I think when – here's the thing with John Jones, right? When you look at John Jones, your instincts say greatest fighter of all time. Length, height, style, uh, gas tank, right? He can also go all night. That's what she said. Uh, 
he's he's a beast. John Jones is quite possibly the most gifted fighter in the history of MMA. Just the his natural gifts that he was born with. He he is he's a monster. But let's take a look at some of his wins. Okay, this is where I started looking at things and and, and having a different perspective because I'm gonna be honest with you, bro. I thought John Jones was going to be higher on this list. I really did. But hear me out, okay? So let's go with notable wins. He beat, let's start with Quentin Jackson. By the time he beat Rampage, Rampage was already old. Oh, he was like 32. Leo Machine. He was like 32 or so. It's not old. Who, Quentin yeah. Jackson? Yeah, but that was Rampage who had gone through pride and had monster fights who was all, already. Who, who was also he can't give me any love, decent but, fights after yeah. that age. Leota Mashida, who's a lot smaller than him and probably shouldn't have been a lightweight. Rashad Evans. Vitor Belfort. TRT. Wait. TRT Belfort. Sa- That's TRT Belfort. TRT Belfort. That's TRT yeah. Belfort that kicked. Uh, Sonnen, who, uh, Sonnen, who also shouldn't have been in the light heavyweight I division because he was I a middleweight. Gustafsson, who that first fight, I believe Alexander won. Just my opinion. But I truly believe that Alexander won that first fight. But it was super, super close. Then Glover Teixeira. And then he beat DC the first time. Then he went away because he couldn't keep himself calm. Um, then he came back after a year and beat Ovis St. Preux in a fight that was not impressive at all. Then he beat Cormier again and tested positive again. Then he beat Gustafsson the second time, and he beat him by knockout, so that was legit, right, obviously. Then he beat Anthony Smith, another middleweight who went up to lightweight and was undersized. Then he fought Tiago Santos, and Santos Santos was on one leg, and I still think he won that fight. Then he fought Dominic Reyes, and I also think Dominic Reyes won that fight. In my opinion, John Jones has three legitimate losses on his record that he got sent his way. That Again, that's just my opinion. A lot of his performances were not impressive. They were impressive, again, because of his size, because of his length, because he was able to – he does have heart. I, You know, I, that's something I, I think that people doubt a lot. And I think John Jones has a lot of heart because he's been in some really tough yeah, fights. Yeah, when CRT beat Belfort, snapped his, pretty much snapped his arm, and he still beat him. <laughs> I hear you. Dominic Reyes was a tough fight. Tiago Sanchez was was a tough fight, right? Um Gustav is in the first fight. Cormier's fights. Both of those Cormier fights were mm. tough, right? It's not like John Jones walked through them. They were tough fights, but he's got a lot of heart. When you take into consideration, you don't know how long he's been doing the steroids. You don't know if this has been John or if this is John plus something extra. You can, you can make that and, argument for another legend that I think might be in your top five higher than him. Uh, you think, but they might not, might not be. be. Uh, I, know, I know where you're going <laughs> there, but we'll get there. We'll get there. But, yeah, that's again, that's just my opinion on John Jones. Obviously, a lot of people are going to be like, he's crazy. I just think that if you really look at his record and you really look at some of the fights that he's been in, you can legitimately make an argument that he's lost a few of those fights and he hasn't been as impressive as he's been made out to be. I think you just look at him and his physical gifts and his talent and you go, he's the best of all time. And he might be, but I just think that you can make a case for him not being one of those top two or three. Just my opinion. All right. So let's go with number – and we can kind of, you know, talk after uh, yeah, yeah. recap our list and kind of talk through a little bit. Maybe more. reconstruct it. Number four, Roland. Maybe reconstruct what? it, you know, after opinions. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, we'll make we'll make our our unified mm-hmm. list and everything. We'll get there. Um, number four, Ronan, who do you got? Number four, I got Conor McGregor. No. Yeah. Oh. But listen, the reason why I have him yeah. at four is based mostly on transcendence. His his influence and the fact that the UFC got an ESPN deal because of his presence with the UFC. What he's done for the sport, having so many years involved in MMA now because of him, the fact that he had a whole island of uh, of, of Ireland watching the sport and, and supporting him and showing up to every UFC event that he's in. I mean, this, this man is, is – he might not be the best fighter on this list, he might not even be better uh, than well. He he doesn't have a better resume than than Amanda Nunez. But the sheer uh, transcendence, him fighting the goat of boxing, who does that? Who goes from one combat sport to fight another goat of com and another combat sport and have the second most bought pay per view of all time? I mean, that that's unreal stuff. Um, I don't I don't know if we'll ever have anybody else like that in the history of MMA. He is a one of a kind. It, the 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 things that he did for the for the promotion of UFC is unreal. And the fact that he was a double champ in two different promotions. The first double champ in UFC and he was a double champ in in his previous promotion. I mean, this dude was a trendsetter. After after he did the double champ, everybody wanted to be double champ. DC wanted to be double champ. Henry Cejudo wanted to be double champ. Amanda Nunez is double champ now. Everybody wants to be double champ. Izzy is going for double champ. He, he's a he, he really is an inspiration to a lot of people all over the globe. Yeah, that's why I have him at number four. Well, I'm hey, uh, I understand why, right? Um, I'm sure a lot of people would have him in the top five and have the same exact arguments as you do. I think uh, you know this will require a little bit more discussion after our list is complete. Um, but I will say if this was a list of people that knock out old people at the bar on a stool, uh, he'd be number one. <laughs> Bring an outside stuff here. Come on, man. I know, it's, it's so rad. You know, it's funny. I'm actually a Conor McGregor fan, but I can't help myself to just be an asshole. It's the funniest it comes thing. comes natural ever. to you. Um, yeah. So. And it's not like he's ever going to hear this yeah, ever. So no, I'll, maybe, I'll be maybe, maybe. Um, you, see, you see him in a bar on a stool and let's see what's up. Yeah. No, it, it'll be when I'm oh, 60. Okay. That's there. what it is. So, uh, Connor, I like that. Cool. Number four for me, Amanda Nunez. Yeah. Higher than John Jones. Wow. I definitely agree. With... Yes, higher than John Jones. And to me, it's because her impress her wins are more impressive than John Jones. I think, you know, you can even make an argument that John Jones isn't really a ticket seller. I mean, his the fights that he really sold money with was with Daniel Cormier. And he, again, we'll get there. But Amanda Nunez. Her 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 list is so impressive. In her entry into the sport at Strike Force, she beat Julia Budd. If you don't know who Julia Budd is, back in the day, Julia Budd was a badass, and that was one of her first victories in Strike Force. Julia and Budd is legit, and and it was what? quick, knocked her out. Yeah, yeah, it knocked her out in fourteen seconds. Beast mode, and she she beat Jermaine Randomy twice by TKO. In, in one of the earliest UFC fights. If you know who Jermaine Durandamine is, she's a tough broad. She's big. She's tall. She's lean. She's not an easy fight. She did lose to Kat Zangano, but a lot of people lost to Kat Zangano. And there was a point where Kat Zangano was one of the top three, four females in the world. 
She beat Shayna Baszler. She beat Sarah McMahon. She beat Van- Valentina Shevchenko twice. Now, yes, those fights were close, and you could make an argument that Valentina won one of them. But if you look at what Valentina has done in her division, she is an absolute monster, and nobody's come mm-hmm. close to beating her. So when you think about how close those fights were, and she was able to win both of them, that's top competition. She beat Misha Tate after Misha Tate choked out um, Holly Holmes. And Holly Holmes had just beaten Ronda Rousey. So you're talking like you're talking about Misha being close to almost her peak. Destroyed Misha Tate. Beat Ronda Rousey in 48 seconds. Uh, beats Raquel Pennington in the fifth round. Dan, you said it. Obliterates Blitzer. The most dangerous, scariest fighter in the history of MMA. I don't care what anybody says. The real boogeyman of MMA has always been Cyborg. Because nobody's ever wanted to fight him. Ever. The only reason she had to take these shitty fights with these female fighters who weren't even close to the top 15 is because nobody who was anybody wanted to take the chance to be destroyed by Cyborg. And the fact that she went in there and literally just took away all of the mystique that Cyborg has ever had her entire career in, hold on, in 51 seconds, bro, that's huge. Then she head kicks Holly Holm in the first round to knock her out. Then she beats Jermaine Durandamine again. And then Felicia Spencer, who she absolutely destroyed. I feel so bad for Felicia. But... Yeah, she beat she beat her up, and Felicia was a tough, tough lady. So it wasn't a great fight, but you know she was tough. So, Manda Nunez, number four, hands down. Now, before you say your thoughts, we got to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with my brother's thoughts on that and our top three. All right, everybody, welcome back. Nice little tease for you, huh? You know, I know I, I've heard in this business you got to do that. You know, you got to got to want them coming back for you. Uh, but yeah, what do you think about my my fourth pick, Amanda New Year's? I know you had her fifth, but uh, anything else you want to say on that? I'm not mad at it. It's uh, you know, I understand why you you have her fourth. The the resume is is excellent. The it's not really any any blemishes or any any big losses. I mean, the the loss to Kat Zagano is not. It's not something to be upset about. Um, and the run after that is just unreal. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so now let's continue on. Now we're going to hit our top three. Um, so I'm so interested. I think I've already thrown you a curveball. So uh, yeah, I'm so interested I mean, to see yeah. uh, what you got. Uh, what you got for number three? I got Anderson Silva. Wow. Yep. The spider. Yep. yep. I All mean right. – this this man's run in the middle of what would be called the I guess the questionable era of, of talent. You've got a lot of big names, a lot of legends, but you know the sport evolves, it's not the same. But this man, Anderson, was ahead of the game. I mean, the way he was beating people on real, he's just playing with them pretty much. Uh just look at the names. I mean Chris Lieben, who's, you know, he, he's a tough guy. He's, he's not the most skilled, but he's tough. Rich Franklin, a legend. 
Nate Marquardt at one time thought to be one of the, the best in the, in the business. Rich Franklin again. Dan Henderson. Patrick Cote. Talis Leites. Forrest Griffin. Damian Maya. Chael Sonnen. Vitor Belfort. Yushin Okami. Chael Sonnen. Stefan Bonner. And then the the the, the sad uh, losses to Weidman twice. And then, you know, you know he, he got old. He, he was old. He should he should have stopped fighting. There's a lot of uh, extra losses here that could have been avoided if he just stopped fighting. But you know how it is. Some fighters just can't stop. He's 45 and he's he's probably gonna have another fight. So, but yeah, I mean, this this run when he had the title was unheard of. He, he was beating guys in in ways like he was unbeatable. I mean, he was destroying people, picking them apart, making them look silly. The the best highlight of, of this run was when Forrest Griffin tried to hit him, and it was absolutely embarrassing. Air and and Anderson was just moving left and right. It looked like the Matrix. I mean, it was it was embarrassing. But you know, the things that he would do in the octagon were amazing. It the the knockout on Vitor Belfort, the front kick right to the face, uh, uh one of the best highlights in UFC history. Another one that, like I said, the Force Griffin clip, um, you know, it, it's just the names on his resume are amazing. And the losses, most of his losses came from the back end of his career when he's a little bit too old. Maybe should have uh, ended it there. What do you think? Uh, Anderson Silva is not in my top five. Mm. And mm. I'm sure that shocks you because I'm, I was a huge Anderson Silva fan. When I don't know if you remember when we were watching the uh, Silva fight against Weedman, I, mm-hmm. I, what is I, I, I threw like, a, was it a water bottle or something? I just smashed it on the floor. I was so pissed. Yeah. I was a huge you, fan. I, I specifically remember that. Yeah, I was a huge fan. Um, you know, and I thought he was fighting so silly. I think he actually could have beat Weidman if he wasn't fighting like a clown. And of course, me. of course he could have. He was beating him, he was picking him apart, yeah. and he just. I, I think he got too bored. I think he was so dominant. He got so bored. He was just playing around. He, he started doing that. He was he was playing around in, during the fight. He would like pretend like he was hurt and, and just like not even throw punches and just start bobbing and weaving. Like, it, yeah. it, it happens, man. You, you're so dominant, and then you just start acting a fool. Yeah, and then you take a look at that second fight with Weeman when he broke his leg. I was truly sad. Uh, yeah. I really was. But then – that. That right there should have been the end right there. He should have I, just stopped. Yeah, I think he's never been the same since he broke that leg. But I think with him, the issue I have is, again, the issue I have with John Jones is he got popped for performance-enhancing drugs, and you start to think, when did he start taking them? And that's hard, right, to kind of do that. But, yeah, you kind of did that on your own. You did that to yourself. And and I also think that, that, that I'm not putting in my, in my criteria because – like you don't know. That's the thing. You don't know. So I'm just putting these these names in. Like you can't just assume well, it's that. it's different. You know. It's different if you're guessing based off mm. of somebody's body and how they move and how they were before, or there's facts. He popped. So yeah, yeah we don't popped, know when he started he, doing he, it, but he did. Yeah, and that's a fact. But he popped. But he hasn't been popped multiple times. That's the thing. Like he popped once, then you know, that's that you know. It, it, but he was popped when he was older. That's the thing. He's a little doesn't older. matter he, to me. To me, honestly, probably... it just doesn't matter. Hmm. Yeah, it just doesn't matter. And I know that wasn't part of our criteria, but I think that takes away that takes away from his wins. And he he was transcendent. I will say that a lot of fighters. You look at um, 
Oh man, I'm drawing such a blank today. Uh, this guy who's fighting uh, in light heavyweight, he's defending his middleweight title. Stylebender. Izzy. Yeah. Izzy. Yeah. Izzy. Sorry, guys. Uh, tired. I told you I was tired beforehand. <laughs> Izzy <laughs> is basically Anderson Silva 3.0. Like he just took Anderson Silva's skill set and love, turned it to another up. level. A level up, yeah. But um, but he fights very similar to the spider. So he is transcendence because he definitely influenced a lot of fighters to take over his style. Mm. And but I think his his wins, number one, aren't they're impressive in the way that he won the fights, but the people that he beat aren't impressive. But that that's also like a different time. It's it, it doesn't look <laughs> impressive now because of we're we've been spoiled with the level of competition and the skill level that it is now. But in that time, what he had to work with, what he had to fight against, those were the best of the best. Like those at the time, those were the 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 best in the division. I mean, they were and they fight. weren't because you know back then Pride was still around, Strike Force was there, so yeah. I think there were a lot of fighters that also weren't in the UFC. Where now UFC is the primary place to be. Strike Force was big competition, and Pride mm-hmm. in the beginning of his run was still kind of uh, you know l- lingering around. So I think uh, the 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 his his wins were impressive in the way that he won, but they weren't impressive in the people that he beat. And sure, it's a sign of the times, but you kind of have to put that in there too. And I think he 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 is transcendent, but I also think the wins weren't great with the people. And I think it takes away the fact that he could pop. So not only is it not impressive the people that he beat, but now you don't know if he beat them because he was awesome or something else was going on. And I just think there's so much gray area that it's tough to add them to the list for me, right? For me, I get why you did. And I get why people would, because it was longevity. He has longevity. It was five years of Anderson Silva and nobody else even coming close. So, right. Like I, I, I definitely understand why he would fit two out of those three, but that one that he's missing to me is just too big. That's just my, my opinion. Um, so number three, my number three on the list is DC. Daniel Cormier. Hmm. I love me some DC. At first, I was like, hmm, right? Like, I don't know if DC ever gets put. He wasn't for like a little bit inside of that goal conversation. And then he lost to Stipe, and I feel like people pushed him aside out of the goal conversation. Let me tell you why I think he's GOAT. He's literally only lost to two people in his entire career, Stipe and John Jones. That's it. Those are the only two men in this whole entire planet that beat Daniel Cormier. Listen to some of these heads that he's got in his closet. He's got Antonio Bigfoot Silva. This was part of the um, the the Strike Force Grand yeah, Prix. Force. Yeah. And Antonio Silva, Josh Barnett when Josh Barnett was a beast back in 2012, when he came to the UFC first fight, Frank Mir took him out. Mer. Roy Nelson Patrick Cummins Dan Henderson loses his first fight to John Jones but gets the belt back because John Jones can't stop doing drugs he beats Daniel Cormier by rear naked choke I mean I'm sorry he beats Anthony Johnson (laughs) by rear naked choke (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure he's beating himself a few times but he beat Anthony Johnson when Anthony Johnson was a fucking monster he beat Alexander Gustafsson in a hell of a fight he beat Anderson Silva on short notice. He beat Anthony Johnson again the exact same way he beat him the first time, even quicker, which is hilarious. He loses to John Jones the second time. It gets overturned because John Jones can't stay away from the crack. 
He beats Vulcan Ozemir when Ozemir was knocking everybody out. He beats Stipe, quite possibly will go down as the best heavyweight of all time. And he beat him fair and square clean in the first fight. Then he beats Derek Lewis, somebody who can knock you out at any moment. And yes, he does lose to Stipe twice. But the first time was KO, and then the second time was a decision. And he only lost that last fight because of the fifth round, because it was even going into the fifth. And again, this is the greatest heavyweight of all time. So, in my opinion, John Jones, you don't know when he was popping, right? So, you don't know if those fights were legitimate or not. Obviously, one of them wasn't because it was overturned. So, his real losses have come to the biggest, most powerful heavyweight of all time. DC is 5'11". And he's fighting men who are 6'3", 6'4", 6'5", 6'6", weighing 250 pounds. And he's a big boy, and I get that. But that length, that size difference matters. And he's smashed full. He was a champ champ. He's an Olympic medal winner. To me, DC is quite possibly the most underrated fighter. Then you talk about trans transcendency. His fights with John Jones, big money fights. He is now doing commentating. He's an ambassador for the sport. So his wins were big. His career was long. His first fight was in 2009. And he's been pretty dominant all the way until he retired. So, like, you're talking about 10 years of being one of the top fighters in the world. 10 years. It's hard for, I think it would be hard for anybody to not put DC on their list. That's just me. And, um, I mean, that's where I'm at. Top three, man. Number three, DC. See, now, I probably – I forgot about DC. I'm not going to lie. I probably would have put him on the list. <laughs> you see what I mean? But he doesn't but get I, love, But man. he doesn't – but he's not going over John Jones for me on, on the list. I'm sorry. It's not It's not happening. Now, now when you lose that's twice. It? That's what the switch you're going to say. Yeah. You're not going to go over John Jones. I mean, he's not – Mr. Crackhead. Who, who he lost a pregnant two. woman and leaves What does there? that have to do with this and list? All right. All right. Because you lose credibility, man. He's he's not a great ambassador for the sport. Fighting, John Jones bro. isn't transcendent. All right. Go ahead. No. I mean, if you want to talk about outside stuff like that, that's there's nothing I can do with that. Like, that's just people out doing outside stuff. I'm talking about the, the sport itself. Not about the outside problems and personal problems. Like it matters, but it matters. But it doesn't. When you talk about the goat, transcendent athlete, you can't goal. be a transcendent. But it's a part of being transcendent. A transcendent athlete That's is not, not just the best in MMA. They're that, the best in and out of the sport. And out of the sport, John Jones is a piece of shit who doesn't. Deserve that doesn't mean to be called the goat because of it. It doesn't mean that you're not transcendent because you're a piece of shit. He's in the news all the time. People talk about him all the time. That's transcendent itself. Even if you're doing bad shit or not. Like people, uh, the baseball, legendary baseball players that been popped for, for, for steroids. They're transcendent because they're, they're outside of the sport. People are talking about them. They're, they're all. Yeah, but they don't, but they don't get in the hall of fame. Look at fucking Mark McGuire. Look at Sammy Sosa. They don't get into the hall of fame, they bro. They should, they should, they should. How? They should. I'm sorry. Records. You're tripping. I mean, look, I honestly think you're tripping. No, I'm not, though, but all right. No, all you're right, tripping. But all right. Sure. <laughs> number two. Who's your number two, bro? Number two is John Bones Jones. Oh, look at that. Yep. I mean, 
do I even have to say anything about him? Like this, you do. Yeah, you I do. mean the record. The only loss that that he's had is to to Mark Hamill, and that was that was he was gonna win that. That was a bullshit disqualification. But you know, um, I mean, yeah, th- this dude is basically virtually undefeated. He's beat uh, the names or Shogun, uh, Rampage, Leota Machida. Rashad Evans, Vitor Belfort, Chael Sonnen, Alexander Gustafson, Glover Teixeira, Daniel Cormier, Ovid St. Pru, Daniel Cormier again, Alexander Gustafson, Anthony Smith, Tiago Santos, Dominic Reyes. I mean, unreal resume. Like, it's it, this is tough for me. This is – I've been back and forth with the one and two because of his resume and, 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 his, and his streak, and he's virtually, uh, you know, uh, undefeated. Uh, but, yeah, the, this dude is a legend. Uh forever and he's still going he if he has he has a fight for the uh pretty much set up for the for the winner of stipe and and ganu so this guy if if he wins that then he's my number one on on the list that's it wow i don't even know you anymore what are you talking about i don't i don't don't know who you are i don't like it i hate I'm so disgusted. I hate him. This is an unbiased list. I hate him. Just, just as I'm much appalled as you. by you right now. Do it. But I'm going to tell it. you why. Because John Jones is number two. And that means there's a specific fighter that you've left off the list that's going to make me very angry. Oh, really? So, who, 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 who's yeah. the fighter? Don't worry about it. We're going to continue this on. <laughs> then we'll talk about whatever the list goes through. Oh, but, man. But John Jones at number two, and I know there's so many people that's going to agree with you, and I don't give a shit because you're all wrong. So, my number two. Are you ready for this one? G-S-P. Come on. How can you not go with George St. Pierre? George St. Pierre is what Anderson Silva wishes he was. Right? That's not a shot at him. I am an Anderson Silva fan. But you're talking about you talk about somebody number one, who's clean his entire career, never popped once. He had the same physique, he had the same style, he had everything. He looked exactly the same his entire career. And look at these monsters that he beat. And you're talking about people who now, if if you just turn into the sport, are old or maybe you haven't seen the best of them, but in their day were killers. Mm-hmm. You ready for this? We're gonna go with Carl Parisian was a monster yeah. back in the day. Jay Huron, Matt Hughes. Mm-hmm. First, he lost to Matt Hughes the first time. Then he comes back and beats Mayhem, Frank Trigg, and Sean Shirk, and BJ Penn. He beat five of those monsters to get back to Matt Hughes to then come back and knock his ass out to avenge that loss. Then he beats Josh Koscheck. He beat everybody Matt hated Hughes Josh Koscheck, so everybody loves him after that. <laughs> then he beat Matt Hughes again. Then. He beat um, Matt Sarah. He lost to Matt Sarah. Mm-hmm. He did lose to Matt Sarah, and it was a flash knockout. It is what it is. Then he revenged Matt Sarah, and he beat the crap out of him. He knocked him out by knees to the body. Then you take on John Finch. Then you take on BJ Penn again and beat BJ Penn's ass. Tiago Alves, Dan Hardy, Josh Kotchak again. Jake Shields. Mm-hmm. Jake Shields one of the best yep. wrestlers in the yep. world. Carlos Condit, Nick Diaz, Johnny Hendricks, and finally he comes back. Out of what, four years that? after retirement, four years, five years out of retirement, and chokes out Michael Bisbing after Bisbing had just beaten Luke Rockhold for the title. Come on, 
monster, transcendent. Everybody names GSP as one of the people who influenced them coming into um, uh, the sport of MMA. You talk about wins, amazing wins, right? Better, but he was around with Anderson Silva around the same time. And he lasted, he was before Anderson Silva and he lasted longer than Anderson Silva and had the same type of dominance against better competition. BJ Penn and Matt Hughes back in the day were killers, were monsters. They were. They were they were just tearing people apart. And when they fought GSP, GSP just destroyed them. Except for that first Matt Hughes fight, those rematches, he beat the brakes off of Matt Hughes. So to me, and, you, and what else? And, you know, long there you go. Longevity, yeah. wins, transcendency. I don't know how. I, he's number two, and also, so I'm not making a case almost also for him being number one. But divisions. yeah, champ, champ. I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah, it's he's 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 one of the best ambassadors for the sport, and uh, overall, just to me, there's a big reason why he's not number one, and I'll. I'll explain that when I, I explain my number one, but to me, he's definitely at least bare minimum number two. There's no way he can be any lower than that, just my opinion. What do you think? Uh, I agree. I mean, you know, this is this is uh, somebody I've I've pictured as the the goat for a long time. This is the man that that pretty much got me into MMA. Uh, he always intrigued me the the, the <clears throat> way he fought people, the the fact that he could fight to the the other opponent's strength and beat him at it. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he's definitely top three of all time, if not top two. Yep. Oh man, is that a, is that a spoiler for your yes, number it one? Is. <laughs> and my number one is GSP, all right, who's your number baby. One, George, wow! Finally, you're making oh, sense. It's about time that your list up, makes some sense around up. here. I gotta tell my, you, my my list makes perfect sense. All right. First of all, like you said, the names. Unreal. I mean, these are some killers. Uh, if people don't know who John Finch is, back in the day, he was a scary man. He was a scary, scary man. Yeah. The fact that he beat uh, and and BJ Penn when BJ Penn was BJ Penn, not not the bar fighting BJ yeah. Penn that we see now. Um, Tiago Alves, scary dude back then. Scary. Yeah. Dan Hardy, a smart smart fighter, very skilled. <laughs> Josh, Josh Koscheck, people hate him, but he's a really good wrestler. He is one of those top uh, level wrestlers in fighting. And he he fought Jake Shields, another great wrestler. Carlos Condit, when he was on that that tear and everybody was afraid of him, he he finally got that that title shot. It was a close fight, but I still think GSP won that fight. Uh, I don't see why people uh, cried about that that uh, decision. Johnny Hendricks before yeah. he was. You know, fat and, and out of shape because you know, you know they you saw but <laughs> yeah, I mean he was a, a a brick of a man with crazy power, unreal power, and he was a good wrestler, so he yeah. could hold off the, the the takedowns and all that. Excellent, wrestler. excellent. Uh, Michael Bisping. Yeah. I mean, when he came back and beat Michael Bisping, I didn't even think that he could do that. I was I was skeptical because he was out for four years before that. He retired and came yep. back to fight the champion right away. Not a warm-up fight, no warm-up fights, no nothing, no no tune-ups. This dude went straight for the title after four years off. And looked, and looked like he could keep going. Unreal. Yep. I, like, I, I, 
I, it amazed me. I, I never thought in a million years that somebody would just come out of retirement after four years and f- directly fight the champ and beat him like that and look that way. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the, the names, the Jason Miller, people don't know who Jason Mayhem Miller is. An underrated fighter, a little bit of a lunatic, mm-hmm. but really, really solid top tier fighter. Then Frank Trigg. Oh man, young people won't know who Frank Chig is. Maybe you'll see him refereeing in the in the current yeah. UFC fights. So he, he referees now. A legend of the sport. Legend of the sport. Yeah. YouTube Matt Hughes versus Frank yes. Trigg. Fucking yes. phenomenal fight. Yes. The the Matt Hughes wins are I think the biggest on his resume because the fact he lost the first one and he comes back, <laughs> knocks him out the second fight, and then out wrestles him in the third. That like that showing his skill set and the fact that he could outdo you in whatever you're best at. That's what makes him the goat to me. Yeah. He fought people consciously. Yeah. People say that he's a boring fighter. He just knew how to win. He knew how to beat the opponent and then use his strengths, his athletic abilities, his, his ex- experience, kind of weird to say, but like, you know, um, what, what's the, the uh, flipping around in, in, in the, Olympic uh, style uh, sport where you know the girls usually jump around on the on the sticks and all that stuff. What is it called? Oh, it's slipping my mind right now. I don't know. All right, never mind. <laughs> but he, he has he has. Um, all right, forget it. I'll, I'll just. He has athletic ability. He he out wrestled one of the best wrestlers in the sport without wrestling background. This man is mm-hmm. a, a specimen that will not be replicated in the UFC. I mean, no matter how hard you try, he's person and the fact that he he was clean the whole time no no out no uh slip ups in, in terms of like missing a lot of time off because some 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 stuff this man was a perfect fighter uh, a perfect uh face of the sport and yeah it's not much more i can say about them yeah i always love me some gsp and i agree gsp was a big reason why i was a big fan of mma uh, I actually really was a big Matt Hughes fan when I was younger. And then uh, I started to like GSP and watching his fights. Then when they fought, it was so torn. But GSP was such an impressive mm-hmm. guy and such a nice guy. And just overall, just the whole package was just – and then we even spoke about how he can be a bit mm-hmm. dorky. And because he was dorky, it led him to be kind of funny as I well. I am not impressed by um, Apple And not to make fun of him kind of way. Yeah, it's just he's mm-hmm. funny, man, and he doesn't mean to be, but it's just yeah, it, it's just it's a weird package, and I think he's just it's he's phenomenal, but he's not my number one, and I think my number one's gonna surprise yeah, the hell out of because I have no idea what it could be. My number one for the goat of all time is Khabib Nurmagomedov. I gotta go. <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> First of all, I'm shocked he's uh, not in your top five. I gotta go. Where are you going? Here's why. Hear me out, right? So, we talk about wins. Let's talk about wins. We got notable wins here. Gleason Tabak. Diago Tavares. Hold on, of course my app now wants to go nuts. Give me a second here. We got Abel Trujillo, Pat Healy, Rafael Sanjos, Michael Johnson. Edson Barbosa, Al Aikinta, Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier, and Justin Gaethje. Now, that list might not be the most impressive list that's on here, but the way 
he has broken and dominated men is the most impressive on this list. When you take what he did to Poirier, who just fought the, the fight of his life against Conor McGregor and beat the brakes off of Conor and has been on a hell of a roll. What you take what he did to Conor himself, who everybody says he probably did the best against Khabib anybody's ever done. And the most he did was maybe went around because he hit him a little bit. It's what he did to Justin Gaethje, a straight gangster killer. Justin Gaethje is a dog, a downright dirty dog. The man is a beast like wrestler, a killer striker of power. It sound like you talked huh? sexual right there for a second. Yeah, that, that's right. Yeah. It's Justin Gaethje is awesome, and he made him look like an amateur. He makes fighters look like this is the first time they've ever stepped into the octagon. It's a little nuts. And then we talk about longevity. He's been doing this his whole life. He's 29 and 0 since he fought that bear in Russia. He's 29 and 0, man. The bear had no shot. You take a look at transcendency. That one's a bit tougher, but he he was a part of that Conor McGregor fight that sold a lot of tickets. He sold a hell of a lot of tickets in his Justin Gaethje fight and his Dustin Poirier fight. He's become a megastar. He, he's transcendent, and you said that Conor has a whole country behind him. Uh, Khabib has a whole religion behind him. He And he has a whole country of Russia. So he has Russia and his religion. No, I said he had Europe behind him. All these fighters. Okay. <laughs> all these fighters. All these fighters that are coming in now into the UFC. Uh, what is his name? Shurapov. Um, all these guys are coming from Dagestan because of Khabib, all because of Khabib. Like, I'm not the biggest Khabib fan in terms of himself and his personality, but the fact that his wins are legit, legitimate, and he's fought some killers and he's made them look like chumps, and the fact that he is transcendent in terms of all these fighters that he's been. See, the thing with Connor is if we saw a bunch of Irish fighters just coming out of nowhere and coming in because Connor set the tone. And we've seen a few, but let's not get crazy. We haven't seen a bunch. We've seen a few here and there. But we are seeing, we've seen a, a whole ton of mm. Dagestan fighters starting to come into the UFC because of Khabib. That's transcendent. Not only are people watching you, but you are also bringing almost an entire country into a sport. That's transcendent to me. He's undefeated. And while I wish he would have fought mm. more, Right, he has the religion, right? You can't get mad at that. He has a religion where he can't fight because of Ramadan. What can you do about that? Right? Like, I would love him to fight more. He was injury prone throughout his career, so that sucked as well. We never got mm. to see the fight against um uh what's his name? Tony Ferguson. For Tony Ferguson, right? We never got to see that fight, but at the end of the day, you really think Tony's no. gonna do that much better than everybody else. So uh that to me is why you know I hate to say it, I really do, because I would love to put GSP ahead of him. But the fact that he hasn't lost and that transcendency of getting all these fighters into the UFC, for me, makes Khabib. Now, more. it's tougher for, for the transcendency for, for me. I understand mm-hmm. the, the religion and the, the the actual, like, having people come in because of him. But it's a little bit tougher to compare the two with, with Ireland and, and, and Europe and, and Dagestan because Dagestan has a – most of Russia has, like, a hard background of some sort of sport, some sort of combat sport. 
that's where you know the whole family could be they're all uh uh sambo uh masters like they they just, that's that's their thing they have regions of of just like a, a mastering one sport one uh facet of, of a, a combat sport ireland there's not ireland it was know, really you know, just boxing bro, beforehand yeah. like there wasn't a lot of but hold on hold on do you, do you know what i'm a master of what? though transitions oh, so i'm gonna transition into this commercial real quick and we'll be right back with our final top five hey we are back sorry to cut you off bro but we gotta pay the bills you know how it is man i gotta go smoothly into those transitions so where were you i was a little uh connor and, and um khabib well, I was talking about the the background of of combat sports in Russia and and, and specifically Dagestan with sambo, um, you know that they're they're masters of their sport. That's that that's their thing. Most of mostly Europeans, it's mostly boxing, and there's not really a background for for martial arts in there. I, I, I what I was talking about is you can't really. It's hard to compare the two because one has a background and one doesn't really have that much experience. It's mostly boxing and traditional boxing. Um, but yeah, I think. The, the transcendence with Connor is it kickstarted that, you know, you see, you see training camps getting involved with, with MMA and, and having wrestling and, and all this kind of stuff. Like it's new. It's brand new. Not a lot of Irish fighters are just going to jump into the UFC because it's, it's fairly new over there. So that that's where it takes a little bit longer to see the after effects of, of Connor's influence, especially throughout all of Europe. I mean, it, it's not really a far reaching sport. I, it is now. Because of because of Khabib and Connor and what they they've had together the the feud I think it it, it kind of built each other up in the in the f- part of uh, expanding and and reaching out farther but it, it's really hard to compare the two with the influence I could see what you're talking about with the the religion and all of Russia but it, it's hard to compare the two that, that's what I was trying to trying to say so why would you leave him completely off your list? Uh, he uh, he slipped my mind, dude. I'm gonna be honest. I mean, what yeah. I mean, listen, dude. I, even if even even if he, I remembered him. Maybe I would have. It's hard to because the influence is, is a big part. I might have I might have taken off. Huh? You're gonna put Anderson Silva over Khabib? That's what I was gonna say. I was gonna say if if I remembered him, I probably would have taken Anderson out and then have him in there. Perfect. I'm doing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's get rid of. Let's get rid. Of, you put you put Sorry, John Jones ahead of Khabib. Uh, yeah. Right. Your new number three is Khabib, mm-hmm. and just get get Anderson the hell out of here, right? Yeah, yeah. Get him out. Get him out. All right. Now, see, you see, I knew you'd come to your senses eventually, and I appreciate. I it. had senses. I just forgot him. All right. Sometimes you forget names. Sure, sure. Keep talking. I'm doing something okay. over here, so I need you to keep busy. Keep talking. Okay. Say something. Okay. So, so what about number five? What, what are you keeping? Are you having Amanda there? Because I have him. There, I have her there. I said him. Whoops. I have her That's there. It. Yeah. No. I said keep talking. Not ask me a question. I'm not ready yet. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, dude. Uh, no, well, I'm doing something right now to okay. see if it makes sense to you for our final top mm-hmm. five. So I'm working on it right now. Uh, so give me a second here while I put something together. But um, I think our list is good. I think uh, – I don't yeah. know how you can pick some of these fighters, but I hear you. 
You know, I'm gonna be honest okay. with you. I, what I did was I made a list of like 20 fighters and just started like chopping them out little by little. Because mm. I think if I just said, "Oh, who's the top five and just tried to remember five, it would have been too much. I took like just I had Fedor on that list. Yeah, Fedor. Uh, right? Fedor was never gonna make it. He, he uh, yeah. once upon a time he was he would have been on the top five, but now it's just no. Goodbye. Yeah, no. I just yeah. when I saw some of the wins that he had against people, I I never even sniffed heard of like i'm i have no idea who they were and they was in pride and and you know what's going on over there and it was just like no like I, this man's not going nowhere anywhere near this list so the reason why i have gsp and john jones on my top two is just the resume the names and the longevity like it it's it's unmatched like other than khabib but khabib most of the names are of course the back end it's only Really, four really like top tier wins with Rafael, his first like big win. Rafael dos Anjos, absolutely mauling him, and then mm-hmm. you have Conor McGregor and then Dustin and then Gaethje. There's not a lot of uh, weight yeah. in, in 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 his resume. Those are the biggest wins, and those are really really huge wins and impressive wins. But most most of his wins are not that impressive. Michael Johnson's. Eh. I mean, to be considered the GOAT, beating Michael Johnson is not that impressive. But the way he was beating all these people is, is really impressive. I think he would have beat anyone anyways. But it's just he doesn't have enough meat in his resume hmm. compared to John Jones and, and GSP. I will actually kind of agree with that. So here, All right, so here we're, where's where we're at. So right now we have six people because we got rid of Spider, thank God. We have six people on this list. <laughs> Um, Nunez, DC, Khabib, John Jones, and GSP. Yeah. But before we rank them, who out of these six would you kick out of this list? Out of the six, would I kick out? So we got Connor, <sighs> GSP, John Bone, Khabib, DC, and Nunez. I would honestly kick out mm, DC, which is tough. How dare you? I know it's tough, but I just can't kick out Connor or Amanda. Connor, I can't kick out Connor because of his influence and, and what he's done for the sport itself and, and the UFC itself, getting that ESPN deal and, and making it a gold, global, uh, ooh, global brand. <laughs> a I, had, global. I, I had a stroke. I had That's a stroke. A global. I that had a stroke. So awesome. My bad. All right. Yeah, sure. Um, global. And, Go ahead. And, okay. And then Amanda, I can't because she just absolutely dominated the, the female side of the sport. Like, uh, absolutely dominated. In, in such impressive fashion with every single big name. I mean, just unreal record. Um, DC, I, it's hard. Like, I, I want him to be in the top five, and I think he should be. It's just the names up there. It, it's He's like the one left out. Honestly, I, I don't know. I just don't know how you can put John Jones ahead of DC. Because he I beat don't him twice. That's why. <laughs> because he beat him twice. He beat him once because that second fight was overturned because he uh, can't stop doing he, drugs. He sir. took a head kick, bro. Come with, on. With or without drugs, he took a head kick. Dude, he was just like, come on. No matter what, he wasn't going to beat him. He barely trained for All any right, of the so fights. What if, what, barely... if Stipe, what if Stipe beats John Jones? But, uh, I mean, it, it still doesn't change the fact that John Jones beat DC twice. Like, I don't, I don't know. And Conor McGregor lost to fucking Nate Diaz, who's like 15 and 11. 
Come who's, on, who's bro. Also, who's also 30 pounds heavier than than Connor and then beat him in the rematch. So he fought Fair him on he shot he fought him on short notice, which he shouldn't have. He said, you know what? Oh, I'm gonna fight you on short notice when <clears> I'm supposed to be fighting at 155. Oh, but I'm also gonna fight at your weight. I'm gonna, you know, accommodate to your weight. Sure, I'll do it on short notice. And then, yeah. Yeah, and I'm going to get my ass beat. Nobody forced him to do that. Well, he was whooping his ass, and then he got tired because he didn't know that he was 210 pounds and wouldn't get knocked out. But then he adjusted in the second fight and beat him. So, Yeah, I just – I don't think I can take DC off this list. I think that's really hard for me. I mm. think I'd either remove McGregor or Jones. Mm. Nah, that's that's crazy talk. I, I <laughs> why, why would you take out John Jones? And put DC ahead of him. Like that that blows my mind. Here's where I'm at. If John Jones beats Stipe, now we're talking. Because this has to be a clean John Jones. Now we're talking. Huh? Because this has to be a clean John Jones. Right? Look, I mean you and you're gonna tell me, hold on. I understand what you're saying that on paper he's undefeated, right? Because we we both agree that the Hamill fight was bullshit. But you take him against Reyes, Reyes won that fight. Nah, and 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 Alves and Tiago beat him on one leg. He won that fight too. Look back at those fights. Mm. John Jones did nothing. Like he got slapped around by both of them. So for me, it's just like his wins aren't impressive at all. His most impressive wins come at, from DC. And you're talking about a guy who's six, seven inches no. taller than him. I think, and has a reach of six or seven inches on DC. I think his. Other impressive wins were Alexander the first Alexander fight where he barely trained at all. He was doing he was on a coke binge the whole fucking camp. He barely trained and it and it showed because he he didn't dominate and he still won and he and still he lost five, that fight. He and he, that no, fight. he won. He went five rounds on a coke binge, not training at all. Went five rounds and won the fight. How then, is that impressive then, to you? That's just sad to me. That that's impressive as hell, dude. Are you kidding me? That just shows how fucking good you are. You don't even train and you And that's win. what he said. He said that. No, people in his training camp said that. People in his training, not him. He never said that. People in his camp said that. They never trained. He was on a coke binge. He was out every night partying. And then the second fight when he rematched on Alexander Gustafson showed it. He, he was serious. He destroyed him. Destroyed him. It wasn't even a fight. I mean, come on. All right. I'll, all right. I'll compromise. Mm. I'll take DC off the list, but John Jones has to be number five. That's number a compromise. Five. And then if he beats if he beats Stipe, oh, if man. he beats Stipe, we'll move him over to number three. Oh, this can't just be your list, bro. I need some compromise. Well, this is it's it's just a weird list to have John Jones at number five. That sure, I guess. I mean, I I, you, I just can't have DC Nunez, ahead of John Jones. Nunez Nunez beating Cyborg is a way better impressive. Uh, feet and the way she be her than anything John Jones has done. That's uh, right or wrong. Uh, beating beating fucking DC twice is pretty amazing. Yeah, on, on steroids, it's awesome. No, I hear you. You got pot once. We don't know if you've done that right. every so fight, dude. How about this? I'll I'll bend a little bit more because it seems like you're just stuck in where, in where you're at. We'll do Nunez number five and John Jones number four. I can live with that. All right. Jeez. Although I was gonna. Agree with the thing, but thank you. That that makes more sense. So we'll do Nunez number five. Mm-hmm. Although Amanda Nunez, if you're listening, I think you should be number four, and John Jones shouldn't be on the list. 
So okay. beat up my brother whenever you say. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. I think she'd agree with me though. So now, would you agree that Connor's number three? Yeah, uh, I I really wasn't gonna put him farther than four to be honest, but uh, I guess he'll just be. I would I would have put John Jones ahead of him. I'd rather put see, but I'd rather push Connor because I still feel Connor's wins were, were pretty impressive and that transcendency. You made a really good point with that. That there's a lot of things that would happen because of him literally just yeah. being in the sport. But it takes time that nobody else has matched. It takes time. Just to show him too. fighting yeah. alone uh, has made the sport bigger mm-hmm. than it's ever been. Um, almost by himself, as crazy yeah. as that sounds. So yeah. he he definitely deserves the props. So then that would be Khabib at number two and GSP at number one. Yeah. Yeah. So as of right now. Are you, are you going to let me talk? Or are you just going to keep interrupting? All right. Sure. All right. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Not this <laughs> podcast, but okay. <laughs> You're going to get your turn. Okay. Our definitive list as of today, which I'm, we can edit as time goes on because things are obviously going to change. Mm-hmm. Nunez at number five. John Bones Jones at number four. Conor McGregor at number three. Habib at number two. And GSP at number one. Are you happy with that? Yeah, I'm pretty happy. I- I'm happy that I got to, to to have John Jones at least at four. <clears throat> Jeez, man, you're a maniac. No, I think I made a really good point as to why he should not be in the top <laughs> anything. Because he got popped once. Okay. Those Pico brands. Yeah. Cool. Hey, thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, this has actually been a really fun episode. I was super tired, but I feel really energized yelling at my brother. So it's a lot of fun. <laughs> Hopefully you guys had a lot of fun listening. Always remember that you can like, share, and subscribe on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube. We're going to have that YouTube show coming soon. Uh, there's been a lot of snow in New York City, so it's been tough to kind of record anything outside or uh, put anything together with my brother. But uh, it will be coming soon. You have our word on that. Uh, please like, share, and subscribe to podcasts. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere a podcast plays. You can hear the No Mouthpiece podcast. Definitely want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, love and prayers to my dad for tomorrow. Uh, uh, happy Valentine's Day to all the lovers out there. And we'll see you next week.